Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Finish Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Saturday, January the 30th, 2021. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty. On today's episode, we are going to break down fat loss and the stages of it. So no matter where you are on your fat loss journey, whether you got 100 pounds to lose or you're just trying to, you know, drop a quick 10, we're going to walk through all of the stages for you in detail. So if you have a friend or family member or somebody who is not sure where to start or kind of what they should be doing in terms of where their goals are, this would be a great episode to share with them just so um, it gives them a realistic idea of what they're looking at and doesn't set not only unreal expectations, but lets them know they're not you know, failing uh, and they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Because I think oftentimes we're not sure where we are um, in terms of getting to our destination. So what what chapter of the book should we be on? Are we going too fast? Are we going too slow? Are we being reckless? And so that's kind of the point of uh, today's episode. But before I kick into that, this episode is going to be brought to you by my homies at JLab Pro. Again, this is probably our longest sponsor uh, and affiliate for, I think, like a decade now. This is the company I work with and get my protein from, where we take our krill oil. It's the collagen complex my wife uses, uh, and then I use as well, but she's been going kind of bonkers with it lately. I think we have a 40% discount code on that currently, if you guys want it. And then they just came out with the fermented uh, turmeric product, which I'm a huge fan of. Actually, my wife's been using uh, curcumin and turmeric for... Ever, honestly, like before it was uh, really trendy, been cooking with it, using it. So uh, that's pretty badass too. They actually put ginger in theirs and like the black pepper extract, which makes the bioavailability increase like crazy. So that's on the site. So if you guys are ever interested, I think we have discounts on everything uh, always. And the site is jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com. Uh, and I'm always happy to share a link with you guys and kind of walk you through it. But if you ever watch our smoothie videos, uh, it's the protein I use. It's sweetened with stevia. It's easy on my stomach. That's why I take it. The other ones uh, sometimes maybe you want to shit my pants, which uh, I'm not really a fan of. So that is why I roll with these guys. But if you're interested, uh, hit me up. Also, the podcast was brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. You already know. It's the one thing I take every single day. I never miss taking it. And if you were to buy only one supplement, this would be the thing that I would purchase. It literally is like your all-in-one. You're talking 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. It's crazy. So unless you're eating like 10 to 12 servings of different fruits and vegetables a day, this is something you probably need in your life. I can't eat that many fruits and vegetables. I could honestly probably eat that many fruits, but I would weigh 300 pounds because I would eat like 10 bananas and two apples, and that's just not going to be good. And I don't know how well I would digest that, and especially the veggies. If I eat, you know, a pound of Brussels sprouts, I'm never going to have sex with my wife again, and that just seems like a terrible way to live life. So the solution, I take athletic greens, and I eat my fruits and veggies around there. So it literally just covers the gaps in your nutrition. And if you're really on the fence and you're not sure if you want to try it, because you've heard me say it's the best tasting greens out there, because it literally is, because most of the other ones taste like, you know, shit, honestly. Uh, I'll have Monica send you a free pack right to your front door. So if you're listening, you're like, Jeremy, well, I think I want to try it, but I'm not sure I want to make the investment. Shoot us an email, fill out the contact form on the site, uh, DM, whatever it is. Monica will literally grab you a pack, if you're watching on YouTube, right from this box here, and send it to your house. Then you can try it. And right now, with Athletic Greens, if you order it, you're going to get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D3 and K2. They're literally going to give you vitamin D3 free for an entire year. And if you've heard me ramble on this at all in the last year, you know how important vitamin D is to your life to be healthy. I'm going to go down the rabbit hole in a second, but what we did is we went to Athletic Greens and we're like, hey guys, what kind of what can we do to make people the healthiest possible? Because you already you were before we used to give just the travel packs, and I'm like, can we do something on top of that that's going to help them, you know, live their healthiest life? And they're like, well, we can give them the greens, we can give them some travel packs, but what if we gave them vitamin D3? And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do that, because the D is crucial to your life. So if you're interested. The site is athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. You get a year supply of vitamin D3, five free travel packs, and then obviously you'll get your normal Athletic Greens with it. And I'm happy to send you a, a pack to try if you're unsure. But I sent out this email on Friday to our newsletter, and uh, we have, I think, like 15 total uh, physicians that come here. 
uh, and work out in our facility. And one of them, uh, Missy Rumpel, had messaged me back. She is a DNP, CPNP, PC, APN genetics, Banner Children Specialist, Child Neurology, blah, blah, blah. It's way too, I don't even know what those things mean. Super smart. And she's been coming here for like a trillion years. She's an amazing person. And she had replied to the message, and I'm going to kind of cite all the stuff she sent me. But I'm going to read this because this is coming from, you know, the medical people in our facility here and that we work with. And again, all I'm doing, you guys, is trying to paint a picture of how important some of these things are. And literally, if Athletic Greens is going to give you vitamin D free for a year, why not do it? Like, these are simple things you can do to put your body in the best position to be successful. And she goes on to write, and I quote, D is so incredibly important, and almost everyone is low, exclamation point. That's the first sentence I got from her. She goes, I recommend it to most of, if not all of my pediatric neurology patients to take it at varying levels depending on their blood work. Um, there is an increased risk associated with um, multiple sclerosis relapse. Really low levels increase for fractures, among other orthopedic complications. Uh, basically goes on to say she had a four-year-old uh, patient a few months ago that had a femur fracture after jumping off a couch due to uh, the vitamin D levels being extremely low. It goes on to, to list a handful of other things, but um, if you only took one vitamin supplement, she goes, take D3, followed by a probiotic, or at least a combination of it. She goes, that's what we give to baby George. And she, they just had a baby. I don't know how old babies are. He's got hair. I don't know if he talks. I don't think he talks yet or walks. But he's in his little stroller. They just came in here and worked out, her and her husband. Uh, pretty badass. But she goes on to say most multivitamins don't have enough D3 in them, and they need an additional supplement. And she goes, and now which makes complete sense since given the those who are severely impacted by COVID, we're seeing an increase of risk for COVID and COVID complications uh, with these deficiencies. Now, I'm going to go back to one thing really quick, as you said. If you were to, to take one vitamin or supplement, I would take D3 followed by a probiotic. So with the greens, you get all that shit with your probiotic, and they're throwing in the D3K2. It's pretty badass. But she sent me this... Uh, breakdown from the U.S. National Library of Medicine, uh, the National Institute of Health. And it says, low vitamin D levels have been associated with a risk in inflammatory cytokines and significantly increased risk of pneumonia and viral upper respiratory tract infections. Vitamin D deficiency is associated with an increase in thrombotic, thrombotic, I'm an idiot, thrombotic episodes, which are frequently observed in COVID-19. Vitamin D deficiency has been found to occur more frequently in patients with obesity and diabetes. These conditions are reported to carry a higher mortality rate in COVID-19. If vitamin D does in fact reduce the severity of COVID-19 in regards to pneumonia, ARDS, inflammation, inflammatory cytokines, and thrombosis, it is our opinion that supplements would offer a relatively easy option to decrease the impact of the pandemic www.ncbi.nlmnih.gov, U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institute of Health, coming from a physician who comes to our facility, had sent me that. It's not just my opinion. I'm not just making this shit up. I try to give you guys the best information that I can get from people who are much smarter than me and who are in it every single day and are dealing with it. So if you're interested... I think it would be to your best benefit if you're not taking a greens and you're not taking a D, hit me up on the offer, get on it, take it for life, just like I do, and hopefully we can get back to just kicking ass and having beers at baseball games and just doing normal dumb shit with our friends out in groups, running around like crazy. That is my hope for later on in 2021, which brings me to one more topic really fast before I kick into today. I saw this post a long time and it was uh, either on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere and I just screenshotted the, the text of it and it said, a 2021 challenge, what if you stop talking about the possibility of getting sick, lost money, or no control? And what if you could only talk about healthy living, security, and being powerful? Just a little mindset shift uh, for you guys there. And then also I got I to mention this fast, my buddy Joe... Shout out to Joe Conner, not turning alumni, he had sent me this. I don't know if he, he thought it's because it's me, which I think it is, which I appreciate. And I'm also a little bit frightened too. Uh, from Uber Facts that 
Psychopaths comprise about 1% of the general population, but make up about 21% of the CEOs in the United States. And then it's a picture of uh, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, if you guys are familiar. It's my favorite movie of all time. But psychopaths comprise about 1% of the general population, but make up 21% of the CEOs in the United States, which is seems fitting and also very frightening at the same time. So thank you, Joe, for that. It has nothing to do with today's podcast, but um, I thought it was cool. So I told him I would share it on the episode. But anyways, if you guys got questions on anything I ramble on about for the first 10 minutes, hit me up. I'm happy to dig into detail and hook you up with any deals, supplements, discounts, anything I can here in the future. Now, we're talking the stages of fat loss breakdown. What do you need to do where you're at in your fat loss journey from 100 pounds down to 10 pounds and beyond? And I've talked about this uh, in a roundabout way here a handful of times on different episodes, and we're going to kind of go step by step here. And we've worked with people, obviously, uh, in this place who have had over 100 pounds to lose. We've had people here lose, I believe, like 150 pounds, you know, 120 pounds, 100 pounds, and then obviously everything on down in between. And I'm not talking just weight loss here. We're talking fat loss, and we're talking things that are sustainable for a lifestyle. It's really easy for people to lose 20 pounds quickly if they do really extreme stuff. The problem is it's not sustainable. And so what is it worth, you know, to do it and then just literally go right back to where you started or even worse, because obviously if we're talking about, you know, crash dieting, over-exercising, you know, uh, fucking with our metabolism, messing with our central nervous system. uh, There's so many bad habits that go with like the binging and uh, starving, that kind of uh, methodology of eating and training. I'm not a fan of it. So BJ Gador, you know, once told me, his favorite quote for people with nutrition was, if it's not, you know, sustainable, it's not attainable. And I do believe that holds to be true. The people that I've seen be the most successful in the past 15 years or so are the ones who make a mindset shift and the ones who make it a lifestyle. And lifestyles change. Obviously, the stuff I was doing at 22 is not the same things I'm doing today. And, you know, as you know better, you do better, right? You become more educated. uh, You learn from your failures. And and there's different seasons of life. Sometimes your foot's on the gas going 100. Sometimes your foot's just cruising at 70. But you're always making progress. You're always moving forward. But you might have to shift and change it, and that's okay. But the general outline here works for everybody at these stages of how to be fit. And what is it worth to do something for... 35 days and then go right back to where you started. It seems really deflating. It seems depressing. You know, it'd be like making, you know, if your goal is to lose 100 pounds and you worked hard and you did it in six months, which is would be insanely fast. I've never heard of anybody doing that. But you did it by crash dieting, starving yourself, exercising, you know, four hours a day. And then real life happens. You get a a husband or you get a wife, maybe you have kids, you get a different career. And all of a sudden you can't do that. You can't work out four hours a day. You got different responsibilities. You have different goals. You have different things and interests you're into. You don't want to spend four hours in the gym. You don't want to starve yourself. But because that's what you did to get there, you have to keep doing that to stay there. And that would be like making a million dollars and then losing it all and then going back to make $35,000. That would suck. Now, I'm not a super greedy person, but that would be deflating even mentally for me. You get what I'm saying that? Like, why would you want to do something for just a short term? It's just a quick fix, but it's not a long-term fix. I'd rather fix the root cause of the problem. I'd rather slow things down, reverse engineer how to do it correctly, and build a foundation of skills you can live on for the rest of your life. That's what we try to do here with everybody. I think that's what all of you guys should do who are listening. So sometimes it's going to be slower. Um, if I'm anything, my God, I am patient with, with everything. I'm almost probably to a fault, but, um, it's how I've done everything. And and I think you guys need to be the same. So if you look at this, you know, what can I do that's, you know, challenging, but also maintainable. So I I talked to a guy yesterday, uh, on the phone, he's a new online coaching client. He's in New York. Uh, he's Irish. So, uh, 
He's like, I'm always, you know, I'm going to go out and drink 10 beers. That's never going to change. He goes, I might do it once a week. I might do it twice a week. He goes, um, and I don't always have to drink 10, but he's Irish. So he's like, that's easy for me. Cause I was like, holy shit, dude, 10 beers. He's like, ah, it's nothing. It's like, you know, drinking the water. And, uh, but that's what he's going to do. Like, he's going to do that probably just once a week, go play golf with his buddies and smash a bunch of beers. So knowing that, he needs to build that around his lifestyle and what he's trying to do and where he's at on his journey. And there might come a point where he has to give and take with some of that. But if he, if that's who he is and he can do it responsibly and he can have fun with his friends and he likes to, you know, get a little buzz on once in a while, that's fine. But you have to understand that when you're doing something like, what am I willing to give up? What am I willing to keep? And what's realistic for the long haul? And I'm not saying you can't do something for short term, like, you know, give up drinking for 60 days or 90 days. That's fine. But if you're the person who likes to have a glass of wine or a beer now and then, don't build something around like you never drinking being the only way you can be successful. Hopefully that makes sense what I'm saying here. So if we go down the list, like 100 pounds or more to lose, like you're the person who's probably not been active and uh, you've probably been eating like shit and drinking like shit, and not really doing the things you need to do to be successful. Because literally, if you're 100 pounds overweight, I don't see how you have been. What I would suggest, start small. Shallow end, not the deep end. You, my friend, are in the kiddie pool right now with the floaties and the kickboard. We're not dropping you off in the middle of the ocean. You're not going to make it. You're not a Navy SEAL. So 100 pounds or more, just focus on you know, breaking a sweat and just focus on consistently moving your body for like 30 minutes every day just to get started. That can just be walking in all reality. If you got a hundred pounds or more to lose and you're not sure what to do, start walking every day for at least a half an hour. Build your steps up. Maybe you start at 3,000 steps a day. Then it goes to 5,000. And by the end of the month, I'd hope you'd be at like 10,000 steps per day. That's going to take some effort for sure. But after 30 days, you'll get there. And it's just it's just walking. Put on a podcast like me. Put on your favorite music. Watch Rocky Four. You know, I don't give a shit. Whatever your thing is to get you hyped, you need to start doing that. Get a walking buddy. Get an accountability friend. Get a dog. They need walks. They, they love it. It's a fair part of their day. They'd be so jacked and hyped. You almost, you'll feel like an asshole if you don't take your dog for a walk. At least I do. So it's like that will help you naturally just do it. And the thing is, if you're eating fast food seven days a week and eating like shit three meals a day, just start with like one meal a day or start with one day of the week where you're not eating garbage. Start with one meal that a healthy person would eat, protein, produce, and water. And if you eat fast food seven days a week, maybe you only eat it six days a week. I don't know where you are exactly on your journey mentally, but you have to just do little things. A lot of times those people want to jump in and say, well, how many days should I come work out here, Jeremy? Five days a week, six days a week. Uh, You have the Sunday crazy group. I'm like, that's not for you right now. You got to start slow. I would say do mobility if you can. You know, just work on toe touches. Just work on doing, you know, some inchworms if you can. You know, box squats, just sitting on like a bench or sitting on a chair and just getting up a couple of times. Really, really simple things. And, to, and, and with just your walking. And if you have the ability to get a good coach, they can walk you through some of the very basic exercises, basic pushes, basic pulls. All these are going to be regressed uh, and have to be modified from the original versions, and that's okay. Because when you're that deep in the hole, you just got to start slow. Because what happens if you go in the, you get a gym membership or you get in like a program and you walk in 100 pounds overweight and you haven't done shit and you go through day one, you're sore, sore for four days, you can't fucking move. And your ass hurts so bad you can't sit down in the seat. That's not a good place to be. So I'd rather go shallow end than deep end. And that's kind of how we walk people through the steps. And just start with food education. If you have a friend, if you have a coach, if you have accountability, but just ask them, hey, what's something healthy I should throw into my diet? Should I take an athletic greens? Should I take a vitamin D? You know, how much water should I drink a day? These are little things you can start to learn. But at first, just get a sweat going, get walking, get your body moving. That's it. Next one, 90 pounds to go. So you're the next phase. Like I said, at least 5,000 steps a day. At least 5,000 steps. If you can get to 10, great. Every day. 
not four days a week, not five days a week, you're walking at least 5,000 steps every day minimum. Right now, I have not moved that much today. It is 11 in the morning, and I'm at 7,500 steps so far. I'll probably get 20,000 by the end of the day. Now, obviously, this is what I do for a living, but it goes to show you it doesn't take that much to get 5,000 total steps in. On top of that, I would do one workout, um, at least one workout once or twice a week, for sure. Anything you want, something. So 90 pounds or lose, 5,000 steps minimum. If you can get to 10, 10 is great. One or two legit workouts per week, and just body weight stuff is fine. You know, simple stuff. I'm going to do 100 squats this day. That's it. Call it good. Uh, this day I'm going to do uh, just a couple of inchworms. I'm going to do some step-ups, maybe some TRX rows. Basic. You know, set the clock for 30 minutes and just easily flow through it. Take as much rest as you need to. And while you're resting, don't sit down. Just walk around. Get your steps in. Basic things. And then start to just retool your eating a little bit, right? Start to just change some little things. Make little swaps as you go. Again, I'm not telling you to be perfect. Um, even on these phases, I don't want to get super detailed, but just starting to understand what macros are, just having a conversation uh, about what proteins, what carbs, what fats come into your body, what things are good choices, what things are bad choices. This is a nice place to start this. Now, you, disclaimer, usually what I do is I start people – tracking on my fitness pal right off the bat, but for a lot of people, it's overwhelming up front. So maybe for some of you that's later on, and I'm going to dig into it around the 50 pound range, but I do think for everybody, if you're really, you know, have anxiety and you're timid and you're nervous, maybe don't do that yet. Cause I know this is a lot to chew on, but I tend to throw people into that just for the educational piece. I'm not telling them they have to be perfect. I literally just say, track everything you eat just so you see it. And if you can't figure it out, then skip it. Don't worry about it. Like you don't have to be, you know, insane with it, but I do think it matters uh, just to start to learn like what's in a banana, what's in a half a cup of oatmeal, you know, what is six ounces of chicken? Really simple things to get going. 80 pounds to lose. I would say this is the point where you can start doing some, some legit stuff. Uh, depending, obviously if you're you know, 6'5", and you got 80 pounds to lose, or you're 5'5", and you have 80 pounds to lose. These are going to make a difference. So, obviously, these are generalizations here. We coach people on a case-by-case basis. That's why I would say get a coach, uh, get a community, get an accountability partner. This does help, so you can play off of each other, and somebody can guide you. Uh, You know, can I do my own taxes? Well, me, no, I'm a moron. But if I was, like, a normal person, and it's like I got a basic W-2 from a job, I guess I could do my taxes, but I don't. I have a professional help me and do them. And obviously now, because it's so complex, that's how I look at it, right? So we run a couple of businesses here. So there's a couple of different entities. They all kind of feed into one. And some of them are, you know, subsidiaries of, of others. And obviously we have real estate investments and uh, retirement accounts and uh, mutual funds outside of retirement accounts. There's all these different moving parts that we have here. And I get, you know, probably like, eight different 1099s from all these companies from Amazon to, uh, you know, Google shit to athletic greens to beam to you name it. So the, all these things are coming in. I'm a hunt in the, in the financial world. I look at it like I'm a, I'm a hundred pounds overweight. I can't really do this by myself. I need a coach to help me. You know, I'm learning all these things along the way with them. I'm asking questions of our CPA. I'm asking questions of our financial advisor. I ask questions of the attorney typically through email. Cause I don't want to pay the really right on the phone. But I'm asking those because I'm the 100 pounds overweight in terms that I can't do it all by myself. I could maybe try, but I would fuck it up. I would fail and I would never really reach my full potential. But with the help of these guys, I can lose the weight. With the help of these guys, I can be financially successful and independent. That's how I think of it for you guys. So if you're in these ranges, having a coach, having a community, having accountability is crucial and key. We do it with everything else in life. And yet we think sometimes in health and fitness, we can do it solo. And some people can, but very few. That's why you don't see that many fit people walking around. You just have to think of it from, instead of just a one narrow lane, like one vertical vector, start thinking horizontally and take, okay, I do this with my finances. Well, shit, maybe it works for my fitness. I do this with my real estate. Maybe this works for my fitness. You can compare them. They're very similar as you go. But I digress. The 80 pounds overweight. 
I think this is where you guys got to start training um, like three times a week. Or that be just like resistance training. Honestly, probably a mix of uh, like some kind of metabolic training, I think is key. So you're getting the, uh, you know, some resistance work, uh, some aerobic work, some of it high intensity. And high intensity is a relative term. Some low intensity, some mobility. And I think this is where you kind of start to fall into the three by 52. Three workouts a week, every week for 52 weeks. Anywhere from, you know, 30 minutes is probably fine. Um, if you want to do some mobility and add-on, maybe 40 minutes-ish, but 30 is probably more than enough. And this is on top of you doing your five to 10,000 steps a day. And uh, I think this is where people really, once you've lost the initial, you know, shit weight, and when I say that, like when you're 100 to 80 pounds, so if you go from 100 pounds overweight to 80 pounds overweight, that's pretty easy. Because if you're doing everything wrong, if you do anything right, it works. If you're 100 pounds overweight and you're not exercising, you get up off your ass and you walk every day, you're going to lose some weight. And then if you start to eat a little bit better, phew, gangbusters, dude. The weight's going to like, it's melting off. That first 20 is gone. And once that first 20 goes, it's going to start to slow a little bit, which it's fine. Fat loss is not linear. It doesn't have to be perfect. But what you're going to have to do is probably start tracking your food. And don't worry about the numbers and don't beat yourself up over super, you know, oh, I went over 14 carbohydrates here. Who gives a shit? You didn't, you ate McDonald's 14 times a week, three weeks ago. doesn't matter if you ate nine more carrots today. Don't be a crazy person. You have to always put it into context of what you used to do to what you're doing now. We get people here who used to just have 25 drinks a week and go out to dinner every single night. And they're worried about because they ate, you know, too much cow flour and they went over on their carbs. That's insanity. That's a crazy person. Don't do that shit. So if you're tracking the food, don't worry about the numbers right away. Just get in the habit of tracking it and be mindful of what's going in and have an idea of the numbers and just to see what you typically do. And you kind of just audit as you go through. How do I feel? How much did I eat this day? Was I more hungry? Was I less hungry? Was I tired? Was I hangry? Did I have energy in the workouts? You're just, you're starting to build this level of body awareness and an awareness running nutrition and what's going in and how it's making you feel and perform, then you're going to get down to the 70 pound range. This is where you have a legit program. You're working out three, you know, times a week, legitly some metabolic, you know, resistance weight training is mixed in there. Um, typically in the same session would be ideal. This is where you're doing your aerobic routine. You're at 10,000 steps a day, every single day. And then with your MyFitnessPal or your food journal, you are trying to take like the bad shit out. Like you're making a conscious effort now to limit the shitty meals to only a couple times a week. So at 100 pounds, we used to eat like trash every day. Now you're starting to limit it to maybe, well... I'm only going to say fuck it, you know, two, three times a week because now I'm getting into eating real food. Now I'm getting into I'm a, I'm a healthy person. I'm going to eat vegetables every day. I'm going to eat protein every single day. I'm going to take my proper supplements. I'm going to drink enough water as I go through. And I'll touch on the details and the, the nuances here. You guys at the end so don't think like I'm, I'm glossing over them because I'm going to go over this all uh, as a whole. But I want to get through all the weights here first. So you're training three times a week. You literally are tracking your food now and you're trying to limit the, the shitty meals to two or three times a week, if you will, while you're getting your 10,000 steps in. Then you get down to 60 pounds. This is maybe where you start to increase the training volume. And so what I mean is you might be doing your three workouts a week. Maybe you mix up to four. So you go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then you throw in a Saturday. Or you do Monday, Wednesday, Friday workouts and now you're going for a hike. Or you're doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday workouts. You're going for a bike ride. You know what I'm saying? Like you're doing yoga. You're integrating some things that maybe you used to do as a kid or things that you love or just getting into some new shit uh, to see what your jam is. But you're increasing the training volume to like a fourth day per week if you can. And then with your food journal or your MyFitnessPal, you're going to start to record the average amount of calories um, you eat every day just so you know. And... At this point, we probably are establishing like we know what macros are and we might be drilling down on their goals. Now, I typically do this 
with people who are even 100 pounds overweight. But again, if you're not comfortable yet, we do weight with some people as we kind of dig into it. And so you know the calories that are coming in. You're eating 2,000 calories per day. And you're starting to figure out what the macros are. You know, do most of my calories come from proteins? Do they come from carbs? Do they come from fats? And if you find yourself not losing fat and losing weight and it's really stalled and it's really slow, then we have to eat less than that average. Does that make sense? And if you are losing fat, you know, a half a pound to a pound or two pounds a week, you can keep that average because we're at a deficit clearly and we're still losing. But it, along this journey, if you notice you're eating 3,000 calories and you haven't lost weight in three weeks, I think we're either at a maintenance level if we haven't gained. So we need to create a deficit. So we need to adjust the calories and adjust the macros, which diversify those calories accordingly to help you guys keep making progress. So we've increased activity, step one. And then two, we're starting to know exactly what is coming in and where we have to make the adjustment. I'm a fan of always increasing the activity if you have the time and your body feels good before we take away a ton of food. Unless, of course, you're eating like an idiot, then obviously we would obviously adjust the food. But everybody's a little bit different, but I think more people would tend to move a little bit more as opposed to eat a little bit less. And then obviously you find a synergy and a balance there along your journey, which takes us down to 50 pounds to lose. So more of the same uh, as the people who are in the kind of that 60 pound range, you begin really understanding your protein intake, you know you'll most likely want to use, um, like my fitness pal, to really dig down on this. And what you're going to do for most people is strive to average about a gram of protein per pound you weigh of lean weight. So usually the prescription we give is 0.8 grams to a gram per pound somebody weighs. But if you're 250 pounds and you're a woman, you're probably not going to eat 250 grams of protein. Nothing against ladies. Dudes tend to eat more meat as well. I've seen, I'm generalizing here, uh, but dudes tend to do that more. So the dude might go to 250 grams. A female might be at 175 grams. I think that's fine for the sake of this. Now, obviously those are, you know, bigger numbers. And if you're, you're that big, you might have more than 50 pounds to lose, but I'm just throwing out arbitrary examples for you guys. So I do think for most of you, as you start to dig down, you're tracking it on my fitness pal, you know what your calories are coming in. You struggled because most people, generally speaking, their carbs are out of this world, their fats are across the board, and they don't eat enough protein. So if you can get to the point where you're eating about 0.8 grams to a gram a pound uh, uh, of protein per pound you weigh of lean tissue, I think that's probably ideal. So for a lot of you guys, well, how the hell do I figure that out, Jeremy? If you wanted to say, hey, I'm a 200-pound dude, and I'm going to eat between like 170 grams of protein or 200 grams, that's fine. Females, I don't think uh, as much is required. And honestly, even for dudes, I don't think you have to eat that much either. But if you're not eating the protein and you're still hungry, what are you going to fill the calories with? That's typically the issue that we run into. So if you're trying to figure out like, okay, what is my lean weight? You take the amount that you weigh, subtract the amount of weight and fat you want to lose, and then the average that is the number of protein in each day. Hopefully that makes sense. But simplistically, if you guys want to shoot for a gram per pound you weigh or less, I think that's fine. And honestly, if you really struggle with it, for people, if I'm just going to give a blanket uh, kind of number and estimation, if you track your food in my fitness pal, and you're not eating at least 100 grams of protein per day, for most of you, I think you got to up that. Uh, now, if you're a female and you weigh 110 pounds, uh, I don't think you have to go over 100. You can be less. But if you're a dude listening and you're 197 pounds and you're eating 88 grams of protein, I don't think that's enough, dude, to to build muscle tissue. If that's the goal, you need to be in a surplus, but also have enough aminos going through your bloodstream all the time. But I think you have to have more because you're going to fill the calories with other things. And if all else fails, I would say default to proteins for sure. Next one, 40 pounds to lose. This is, again, this is someone starting at, you know, the 100 pounds and kind of as they detail through it. But if you're someone you got 40 pounds to lose and uh, obviously you, you do all the things above. So when I say these, everything above still applies to you here. And then you just kind of gauge where you're at and where you start on your journey. That's why I'm trying to get as much information in each category. And then again, I'll round this out at the end. But if you get 40 pounds to dump and you start at 100, I think you have to 
if you, if you don't track this, you have the general idea of your weights, your sets, your reps in your workouts, and you have to strive to beat those numbers the next time that same workout comes up. And so if you're doing, you know, thrusters or like a dumbbell squat to press, and you're using 15 pound dumbbells and you've been using 15 pound dumbbells, maybe you go to twenties and if twenties become easy, maybe go to 25s. And so you can always mess with the, the weights and the sets and the reps, but you have to have a general idea of what you can do, what's realistic, what's progress and what's being a lazy ass. And only, you know, that same thing. If you get in the assault bike, how many cows can you do in a minute? You know, if it's normally 10 calories, can you do 15 now? Or is your aerobic capacity increasing? Is your endurance increasing? You know, your stamina, your overall strength. Those are things you have to be mindful of. And so an example would be like if you're doing uh, one of the EMOMs, right, an every minute on the minute workout with uh, cardio workouts such as, you know, let's say 10 calories on the bike, uh, every minute on the minute for 10 minutes, and then can you do that? And then how many rounds, when do you die out? So you do that a minute. Can you do it for 10 minutes? Can you do it for 13 minutes? Can you do it for 15 minutes? And then when that workout comes up again in your program, like in two weeks, can you, did the minutes increase or did the calories increase? So you always want to be trying to outdo yourself and, and get a little bit better. And it doesn't always have to be low. And I talked about this uh, with a guy on the phone yesterday. You can't always get stronger in terms of absolute strength. At some point, you just can't deadlift anymore. Most of us, you know, um, if you're listening to me and you're 24, I guess your deadlift can still go up. But at some point, you're going to be 34. And you're gonna be 44. And you're probably not going to be deadlifting 600 pounds anymore. And if you are, you're a freak anomaly. And I don't know if you should be because something bad is probably going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't knock on wood. But you get what I'm saying here. You know, you only have so many fitness checks you can cash before something rips or tears or pulls. And that's literally, you know, when I train now, I always ask myself, like, like, just like you guys with the food, I ask myself, is the juice worth the squeeze here? And I do not think there's an, a workout I would ever go through where I look at it and I go, well, you know, me deadlifting this today is worth me ripping and tearing and having something go wrong. Now that could happen anyway. That's just shitty luck and life and micro tears and genetics and whatever. But I would be pissed knowing I, I pushed it to, you know, I guess have an ego stroke. I'm, I'm the only one in here. It's like nobody is watching me lift and nobody gives a shit. Um, and on Instagram, 10 pound plates look like 45 pound plates. So who gives a fuck? But it's like, why would I do that risk, you know, serious injury for what? Who cares if I can deadlift 600 pounds today or 500 pounds today? It means It means nothing. I'm strong to, you know the average accountant, but to my friends who are super strong, I'm not. So it's like, my point is, is when you're doing things, load is not the only variable. At some point, you're not going to get stronger. At some point, you're not going to pick up heavier weights. In fact, you're going to regress. You're probably going to pick up lighter weights and that's okay because there's multiple ways to skin a cat. I shared a, a video on Instagram last week of how to blow up your chest and shoulders by pre- fatigue, pre-exhausting the muscles by doing push-ups first, then hopping on the bench press, doing the dumbbell presses afterwards, where you've already smoked the pec major or minor, anterior shoulders are already fried, your triceps are already on fire. Now we pick up a probably half of the load we could do. So if we normally, you know, press 100-pound dumbbells, now we're pressing 50-pound dumbbells, but we've already done the push-ups before. So our body's already smoked. And now those lighter loads seem super heavy, but it's easier on the joints it's less load overall, we just increase the volume, we've increased the time under tension for the muscles. So in theory, more hypertrophy, more muscle gain. You See what I'm saying here? Like there's a million ways to do it. So when you're tracking progress, don't just look at it, you know, from a narrow point of view, because people tend to do that with training They say, well, they do this with that's why progress, right? So the only measure of progress for people sometimes in the fat loss is, is the scale. And we have a whole podcast on this. But if you didn't lose weight this week, it doesn't mean you didn't make progress. It doesn't mean you failed. It's just one measure of progress. And it's a shitty fucking measure of progress. It's like what we do in society, right? We measure success sometimes, or at least we say this. And I don't know, I'm not judging anybody. 
whatever you think is successful, it's up to you. It's every individual. But we do this with people, with job titles, with the money they make and all this shit. We measure it in such a narrow frame. We say, so-and-so makes money, so they're successful. And then this person doesn't make as much money, so they're not as successful. That, my friends, is not correct. That is not what success is. It's just like the gym. Just because you're not stronger on your deadlift doesn't mean you didn't make progress. Just because you didn't make $400,000 last year doesn't mean you're not successful. Doesn't mean you didn't make progress. Doesn't mean you didn't become more enlightened, a better person. You gave back to the world. There's all these things you can measure. And that's how I look at fitness. We just tend to think of it as black and white. And it's not. There's a lot of gray area there. So for you guys who are looking at your weight, it's not just that. How do your clothes fit? How are you moving? How much self-confidence do you have? Do you have improved mobility? Like, are you having more fun in your life? These are all things that you can measure progress with. But in terms of the training, uh, you should be tracking it and just seeing how things are going. And for a lot of people, I think it'd be a hell of a lot more important for them to be able to, you know, you know, go through kind of pain-free ranges of motion, be able to touch their toes, then see what their, you know, PR is in their back squat. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's cool to be strong. It's good to be strong. It's important. But, you know, for the 49-year-old house mom, I don't think she gives a fuck what she back squats. But if she doesn't have pain in her hips and she can lunge freely and she can do jumping jacks, chase her kids around, she can touch her toes, I think that's progress. I think that's super important. And over time, you can measure those things just like you can measure overall just deadlifting strength. Hopefully that made sense. 30 pounds. More of the same, really, honestly, uh, of the 60, 50, 40 pounds. And now your eating is going to begin really, really to drill down if it hasn't already. Again, I tend to do this earlier, but if you're listening to me and you don't have a coach and you don't have accountability, what I would suggest is this. I think at any point, just tracking it just to see what comes in is great. But as you start to lose weight, it's going to be harder. It works like this. The better you, the, the further along in the fat loss journey you get, the harder it becomes until you become like the super fit. Then the rich get richer. It's, I, I always compare finances because I, they parallel each other. Like when you're a billionaire, um, it's way easier to make money. It just is. Like you have so much more control. You can lose so many more times and compound interest is your friend. And you can buy and sell shit and you can lose nine times, but if you win 10, you still won. When you're super, super fit and super lean, your body is so efficient all the time. How you're sleeping, you know, what you eat, your metabolism, how it's running. Like you can eat like shit and shit and shit and your body bounces back and back and back. And at some point it won't, but you can get away with more shit because you've built this foundation where the rich get richer, the fit get fitter. It's kind of the same thing. When you're... Not quite there yet. I do think it's important to really drill down on the specifics because it's going to get harder until it doesn't. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like when you get to the extreme levels, yes. But the journey to becoming a billionaire, like you can't take as many losses. Like the, the compound interest in the stuff still works for you, but it's not as easy until you get to that. It's like what we call like hitting critical mass, right? And at that point, it just crushes. It's like, if you are trying to sell a product and you have 100 people following you on Instagram, it's really hard to do. Uh, when you have 100,000 people following you, it's a lot fucking easier. You get what I'm saying here? It's the reverse in that fat loss world. So when you first start on the journey, it's super easy. It's fast. It's quick. When you're at the end of the journey, it's hard to get out of that mode because you've been solidified in being so lean and so fit for so long. But that in-between phase is where you have to be specific. So when you get down and you're making progress, making progress, and then it slows, maybe this is like that 30-pound range, this is where you have to really make time for tracking the macros. Not just the calories. you got to be specific with the proteins, the carbs, and the fats. And you have to strive, I would say, for you guys to eat a majority of your carbohydrates in the form of vegetables. I would say at least half, maybe. Uh, and the other half you know, starches, grains, whatever, if you do well with grains. Uh, again, that's uh, this is arbitrary numbers. I'm throwing these out there. I'm giving you generalizations. If you can eat most of your carbs and vegetables, 
with some fruits here and there, sky's the limit, dude. I just think the volume of food you can eat, and when you eat real food, you tend to self-regulate. I had this talk with Mike D the other day, and uh, you, you just you never find yourself eating five apples. At least I never have. I'm not a horse. Like, I'm not going to eat five apples in a row. Now, if I go to Crumble Cookies on the way home, or I stop at Nothing Bunk Cakes, I can crush four or five of those things without skipping a beat. I'll feel like a bag of shit, and like I'm hungover, and I have like a sugar coma, but I can easily do it because... I don't self-regulate when I eat those things. When you're eating real food, you self-regulate, especially when you're eating vegetables. You'll eat whatever asparagus is kind of on the plate, but you're not going to keep going back and back and back and back unless you're a crazy person. And then so what'd you do? You ate two pounds of asparagus. You were super full and your pee smelled for three days, but that's fine. Like that's my point though. So when you're in that 30 pound range, you guys have to really drill down the specifics of your proteins, carbs, and fats. And protein and the fats should be you know, those are essential. Uh, those are healthy for you and make the carbs really count and make them be healthy, real food, carbohydrates, if, and when you can. Then next one, 20 pounds. Last 20 pounds. I think you guys have to start to increase the activity, uh, again here a little bit. So you're probably training five times a week, you know, 30 by five. So 30 minutes, five times a week. Uh, you're going to have to push yourself here and maybe pick up some heavier shit. You really try to punch it. Maybe a couple more high-intensity sessions. I mean, really that that miserable stuff, the metabolic training, man, the misery. And uh, you're tracking, you know, what you do on the assault bike. You're tracking what you row, what you ski, uh, how much you squat, you know, how much you're lunging, how much you're overhead pressing. And you're trying to beat those numbers. Not every single workout, but you're trying to strive to be better every single week. And obviously auditing and playing off of how you feel. But uh, you got to do a little bit more. You got to challenge yourself a little bit here. This is where you're going to have to, in my opinion, really start visiting your pain cave and really start pushing it and really be diligent about your food. You you, you can't fuck around at this point. You're going to have to get a little bit more serious. Uh, you really got to you know know what's going on with booze, know what's going on with your sugars. Really just kind of drill down because it's going to get harder and harder here until you're solidified in the mold that you want to be in for a long period of time when your body kind of reaches its new norm, if you will. And then gets you to the, the last 10 pounds, which, you know, it's really the same as the 20 pounds. But now if you're eating, the protein has to be on point. And for a lot of you guys, it's probably going to make up, you know, maybe 40% of your total calories, give or take. And those are going to come in lean forms of protein. You're no longer really eating bullshit because all the stuff you did before got you to this point. But you can't keep doing the same thing. Your body needs that last little push. So that's you eating, you know, the, all the stuff you know. Chicken, lean steak cuts, lean beef, the ground turkey, you know, your organic eggs, uh, egg whites. And the other 30% of your fats are going to come from healthy fats, right? So if it is whole eggs, if it is coconut oil, if it is avocados, if it is coconut, or excuse me, chia seeds, the things that are really going to help your body, you know, you're eating healthy food. You're now a health person. You've been on this journey long enough to where you're not fucking around anymore. You're almost to the point where you're so happy with your achievements. And you should be at this point anyway. If you've gone this far, you have to, this is not on my list at all, but you have to stop and celebrate these little wins and not celebrate them with a night of binge drinking and then eating Taco Bell at two in the morning. That is not a celebration. That's just going to put you deeper in the hole. But you got to give yourself a pat on the back. You got to really just be happy with the progress you've made. And don't hate yourself because you have the 10 pounds left. Be going fucking nuts because you lost 90 pounds. It's an amazing accomplishment. Super badass. But in terms of food, protein's got to be there. Lean cuts, healthy fats. And then obviously you fill the rest of the day with your carbohydrates. And typically you're eating those around your workouts or to fuel whatever activity you're doing. And you can eat shit. Like once a week is fine, you know, like a 60 minute window, have a cheat meal. That's cool. But you really got to, you got to drill down. And now you're a fitness person. So you're doing mobility every day. You're doing foam rolling. You're probably getting massages. You're recovering. Cause when you train, you're fucking training. Like when you train, you're pushing it and you're no bullshit anymore. You're really trying to get it in. And that's what you need to do. You, you, your pain cave, you know it well, cause you've been there and you're going to be visiting it a little bit more and that's okay. Because you've built this foundation of skills through proper eating, through training, 
and you did it in a way that was progressive and something that's going to be sustainable over time. And obviously, these are roundabout things. And, and I've, I've, I've skimmed over a lot of stuff here, you guys, on a lot of these levels. But I'm going to drill down on a couple of handfuls you can take with you, no matter where you're at or how much progress you're trying to make. And we've done a podcast on the cost of getting lean, which is a different than this, but similar. Uh, this one, I want to just kind of go with the weight steps of where you're at. So if you're someone you're like, well, Jeremy, I got 100 pounds to lose. You know to start slow. And you can take the next 10 things I lay out here and you can use these as well. But I've helped thousands of people at each of these levels over the year. And uh, this is a nice outline or a nice compass to kind of guide you. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, my homie Travis Merritt kind of laid out an outline for this. And each person obviously has a unique set of skills and a unique set of advantages and disadvantages that can drastically either help you or can weigh you down in each stage that you go through. And you have to understand that. That's why, obviously, I'm not, I'm talking to each of you who are listening, but each person individually is going to be different. Some of you might got four kids. Some of you got no kids. Some of you might travel for work. Some of you stay at home for work. Some of you, your work is super stressful. Some of you, it isn't. Some of you, your husband and wife are awesome. Some of you, your husband and wife, you know, you might want to bury them somewhere and you'll be on a Dateline episode soon. So there's different stresses and different things that are going on in your life. I understand that. But take this as a general outline and a compass as your North Star to kind of point you in the right direction of where you're going. And what I'm about to share with you here, this is like a challenge to all of you guys. This is something that I'm actually probably going to throw into a, a detailed version into our next uh, online coaching program, which... We've already filmed it. I don't even know the name of it yet, but it's it's the best fitness programming that I've done for sure. That I know. That doesn't nothing else even comes close. But I'm going to throw these kind of in there as a as a guide, if you will. And for anybody listening, this is kind of like a challenge to you to help you build momentum, to help you kind of transform and reshape your body, no matter if you're 100 pounds, 50 pounds, or you got 10 pounds to go. And these are kind of just general quick tips. I would say if you can integrate these into your life now, sky's the limit for you guys, no matter whatever level that you're at. And some of you are going to ease into this. Some of you can take all these, you can chew them, you can consume them, and then just, you know, we can go crazy with them. But the first one, sweat every day. At least 30 minutes every single day, get a sweat in. Something. Uh, even if it's just walking, I don't care. You know, I can't I'll do a podcast on what my training's like in 2021, but even me, I can't kill myself every day in here for hours. I can't recover fast enough. I can't eat enough. I can't sleep enough. And honestly, I'm so busy with all we have to do. It's just not, I don't have the hours in the day. Like my Monday for me is the most insane day. And when I look at it on paper, it seems almost like it's realistic. And I, I love it. And I also hate it uh, on the same note. So that's my easiest training day. But even that, I get about 25,000 steps in with mobility throughout. So that's my version of sweating 30 minutes each day. So that's what I mean by that. I might not sit here and be dripping sweat. And I don't mean that you have to be doing the same, but you got to move. And I would say 30 minutes a day, get something going. Or if you want to exchange that, 10,000 steps, minimum, all of you guys listening. Get your ass up and move. Just walk around. If you're stuck in Wisconsin or Minnesota, I'm sorry. That sucks. But get in your garage, get in your living room, go where you can go, bundle up if you will, watch Rocky Four. He's training to fight Drago. Pretend you're Rocky and uh, see how you can bear the cold and get those 10,000 steps in. Next one, drink at least 100 ounces of water every day. Um, if you can do more, more is better. Uh, I would say if you can do an ounce per you know pound you weigh, that's great. So if you weigh 150 you know, pounds, 150 ounces. That's a great place to start. But drink water, you guys. It's the lifeblood of you. Uh, next to oxygen, it's the most important thing I think you can put in your body. Next one, eat one serving of vegetables every day. A cup is a good place to start. On top of that, shout out to Athletic Greens. If you can take a scoop of that, you guys are going to be doing okay. But at least eat one cup of real vegetables every single day. It's not that hard to do. You're a grown-ass adult. You filled your body with enough shit. If you used to take shots of Jägermeister at the bar, you can eat a cup of broccoli. 
It's not that hard. Next one, record the numbers in your workouts, or at least have a good mental note of them, whether that be, you know, the weights, the sets, the reps, the calories, the meters, whatever it may be, the time intervals, I rode the bike for five minutes, now I do it for six minutes. You know, I skied a 1K at, you know, 4.10, now I ski a 1K at four minutes, things like that. And try to beat those numbers periodically. Challenge yourself throughout. At some point, you're going to reach the limits, but there's always different lanes. The endurance increases. The intervals become shorter. The calories become more. Whatever it may be. Next one. Before you leave your office and close your laptop for the day and kind of just turn everything off, write down one thing you're appreciative of in your life. Write down one thing you can pat yourself on the back for. One thing that you did a good job with. It can be fitness or it can be anything in life. I don't give a shit. But this matters. When we talk about health and fitness, we talk about ripped abs and shredded glutes and macros and all that stuff matters. But so does mentally. Giving yourself a pat on the back and being like, hey man, you made a good choice today. You could have ate nine cinnamon rolls. You only ate two. If that's where you're at on the journey, then that's where the fuck you're at. But if it's something else, hey, man, I took my athletic greens today. Hey, man, I drank my 200 ounces of water. Hey, I did five minutes of mobility. Little things. These little things stack up to be little wins and you build the habits. And then it just becomes part of what you do. So before you leave the office and close your laptop or shut down work for the day, stop. Take one minute. Think about it. And write down one thing you're appreciative of that you did in the day. Or just a minute to be like, you know, I'm just appreciative that my husband is amazing. Or that my wife is awesome. Or that my kids didn't burn the house down. It could be little stuff. But the practice of it is what we're getting into. Next one. I would urge you to shut off all your screens an hour before you go to sleep. Don't sleep with your phone next to you. Put that shit in the other room. My wife, love her to death. Had her phone on the other night. I had worked like 16 hours and someone is texting her at like 9.45, which is way past when I need to be going to sleep. And then the phone lights up and literally if I would have had a knife there, I probably would have dextered her there and she would no longer be with us. I'm joking when I say that, but to say I wasn't completely pissed off would be an understatement and I was not speaking very nicely when it happened because that's an asshole thing to do. And it's not good for her. It's not good for me. It's not good for you guys to see the screens light up, to know how that affects your sleep. And you don't need to be returning texts and emails when you're in bed. That shit's not that important. You can get to it the next day. Like, that's what I'm talking about. You have to shut those things down and get into this routine where you make your sleep a priority. Put yourself in a position to be successful, to get rest, to recover, to shut things off, to be mindful, to let the body and the mind heal and kind of ease into the evening. Next one, do mobility every single day. Even if it's five minutes, even if it's two minutes, I don't care. Inchworms, Spider-Man steps, world's greatest stretch, elevated pigeon stretch, hanging from a bar, foam rolling, whatever you need to do, do those things every day. Foam roll the glutes, the calves, the T-spine, literally just move your body through space. Wake up, And touch your toes and reach for the ceiling just 10 times. That's better than doing nothing. But do those things every single day. If that's where you're at in your journey, you're 100 pounds overweight, try to just touch your toes and then reach up towards the ceiling just 10 times before you do anything else. When you wake up in the morning, you wake up, you take a shit, you brush your teeth, reach down, reach up 10 times and really stretch on the bottom and really stretch on the top. Simple. We're the only mammals that don't do it before movement and it's so stupid. If you just start that routine, it's going to build on itself. It's going to compound over time to make you more flexible. And it's building the habits of saying you'll do something and then actually doing it. And the last one, consume the right content and be around the right people. I can't say this enough. Whether you're on a fat loss journey, uh, a get out of debt journey, um, whether you're trying to you know kick drugs and alcohol, whether you're trying to, you know, further your education, whatever it may be, 
You have to consume the right content and you got to be around the right people. You really do, man. Uh, I can't say this enough. The things you listen to, the things you watch, the people you surround yourself and your life with, it matters more than you think. And if you hang around a bunch of losers um, who have terrible habits and are super negative and you think you're going to be super successful and kind and amazing as a human, you got another thing coming, dude. It just doesn't work that way. You know, iron sharpens iron, as they say. And I found it to be true in my life. And I think if you have a good coach and you have a good community and you have a good group of people around you, you're going to feel good about yourself. You're going to feel successful. You're going to feel supported. You're going to feel driven. And when the sun is shining and you got your favorite you know, workout clothes on and your favorite song comes on the radio and every green light is going when you're on your way to the gym, it's easy to train. But when real life happens and kicks you in the nuts and 14 things go wrong and you feel like a bag of shit, watching, listening to, and being surrounded by the right people makes all the difference in the world. That's the difference between those of us who make it and keep pushing through and those of us who quit and punt it. And uh, we're really only as good as, as the team of people around us. And I have a poster here in the office, and uh, it's a giant Babe Ruth poster. And the quote is, the way a team plays as a whole determines its success. You may have the greatest bunch of individual stars in the world, but if they don't play together, the club won't be worth a dime, end quote. And that's Babe Ruth. And I think that's how I think about life. I wouldn't be this person if I didn't know all these people. I wouldn't be this person if I didn't meet the fitness people I meet. If I, you know, if there was no David Jack, there'd be no Jeremy Scott. If there's no BJ Gador, there'd be no Jeremy Scott. You know, if I didn't, you know, have the people I met on my journey, if I didn't know, you know, the Daves and the Bens and the Hannahs and the Lexis and, and the Nickies, and if we didn't all communicate and talk and lift each other up and support each other, like we wouldn't, none of us would be here. And you guys are the same way. And my hope would be that you would find the same amazing people that I found in my life because I wouldn't be here without them. Financially, same way. If I didn't meet a Brent, if I didn't meet a Mike D, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, it, it helps. So consuming the right people and being surrounded by those people and listening to them and sharing best practices is going to help you guys be so successful on your fitness journey. If it's listening to a dude like me, then let me be part of that circle with you. It's a game changer. And if you guys can do all those things, if you really can, and people who do those things, sweat every day, drink water, eat vegetables, do mobility, get good sleep, surround themselves with the right people. People who do those tend to see the following benefits. They have more energy. They gain more muscle. They become leaner. They're less bloated. They have better sleep. They're more mindful. They're filled with gratitude. And they have a better fucking life than people who don't do it. Because at the end of the day, you're always going to have problems. The world's always going to be full of shit. There's always going to be, you know, political this, and there's going to be negative that, and the market will go up because of GameStop, and it'll go down because of GameStop. I don't want to get too detailed into that. There's always going to be things that go on that you can't control. And those problems are going to happen. People will get sick. People will die. Accidents will come. Shit will come your way. 2020 welcome, even 2021 as it may be, but it's easier to do if you're healthy, if you're fit, and you're surrounded by the right people, and you're listening to and watching the right things that put you in a position to be happy and to be healthy and to have perspective in your life. And so no matter where you are on your fat loss journey, hopefully some of these things can help you, some of these things you may have been doing, and the key, you guys, with all this is not just patience, which is a virtue for sure that very few people have in this day and age, which I think if you can be patient, man, you can be so successful at so many things because you're not going to get discouraged if you don't get results in two seconds. And I am living proof of that, you guys. And my wife, I'm going to get Heather on the podcast tomorrow. I don't know if we'll talk about it then, but she can share some stories with you uh, about, man, how I'll just... I'll just sit and I'll wait for it because there's only sometimes that's the only option. When you're putting in the work, you're not going to see the fruits of the labor just yet, and that's okay. But even maybe above patience is the consistency. Anybody can do something for a little bit. 
anybody can do something for three months. Anybody can do something for six years. But can you do it for a decade? Can you do it for 15 years? Can you show up day in and day out and eat the right foods? Get good sleep. Take care of your body and treat it the way it needs to be treated to get the results you want to get to. And that's the key. So no matter where you're at, don't get discouraged. Be patient and be consistent with what you're doing. Don't try to rush the process. Just trust the process. And if you do that, you guys will be okay. And at the end of the day, what's what's your other option? Just quit? Because I promise you that doesn't work. Quitting does not work. Eating like shit does not work. Skipping workouts does not work. Not doing mobility, it doesn't work. You're not magically going to get fitter, stronger, faster, become more mobile. Your hair is not going to naturally get thicker and darker. Because Father Time is chasing all of us. And eventually he will get us all. So as the days go on, after probably the age of about 22, you're going to get older, softer, wrinklier. Things are going to hurt, crack, and pop more. And it just gets harder unless you do the things to make it easier. And it might seem tough at first because it is. But there's great freedom in the consistency of routine. I know that sounds ass backwards, but it's not. There is a great freedom and a great power with the consistency of routine. So take that four days, you guys. Hopefully you got something out of that. And if you've got a friend who doesn't know where to start on the journey, I think this would be a nice little piece uh, to hopefully help them kick off along the way. And again, a reminder to you guys, this podcast episode is brought to you by my homies over at JLab Pro. It's where I get my protein, my crow oil, the collagen we use, and their new fermented turmeric. The website is jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com. But you guys can always mention me. I can hook you up with a discount code on pretty much everything on the site always. And sometimes I get the really crazy ones. Like right now, the collagen complex is 40% off, which is insane. But uh, that's how much we believe in it. And then again, obviously, Athletic Greens. If you guys are on the fence, hit me up. We'll send you a travel pack right to your front door. And if you want to order it, you're literally going to get Athletic Greens plus five free travel packs, plus a year supply of vitamin D. And I already rambled on like 100 times how important this shit is, and I still can't believe people aren't taking it. It really just pisses me off that the world isn't talking about vitamin D and zinc and C and quercetin and greens and just all the things that your body needs to help you be healthy with everything, especially with all the shit that's been on the last year. But I know I got I to gotta relax. I got to go work out. But Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. But if you want to hook up on any of those things, hit me up. I'm happy to share them with you. Uh, again, if you're on the podcast app on uh, iPhone, just go down, drop me a five-star, leave a couple comments. I truly would appreciate it. And again, sharing the podcast obviously means the world to me. Um, but again, if you're on YouTube, thank you guys for watching. We appreciate you as well. And if you guys want to uh, be in our newsletter, again, reminder, we send out at least three emails per week, every single week. So send us your email and I'll add you guys to that. But have an amazing rest of your weekend. Heather will come on tomorrow. Her and I will ramble on. She's actually, you know, living the dream here. She's a snowboarding up in northern Arizona with her friends, being all fancy while I grind away here. But, hey, that's my life, and I'm happy to do it. So hopefully she's having fun so I can give her some shit tomorrow. So appreciate you guys. Uh, until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.